What's up, guys? Today on the show, we're talking to a former professional football player who has now taken his skill set to help other athletes understand what it's going to take to compete at the highest level of their respective sport. He helps with not only the physical and athletic side of things, but also the mental side of things, the, the mental performance side of it. He has a lot of knowledge that he's going to be sharing with us today. So many golden nuggets. I mean, he's going to be teaching us about confidence and three of the pillars that he uses to teach people, teach athletes how to build their confidence, right? And we'll be talking about just the transitions from each level of sports that he went through and the discipline and the importance of showing up and in his words, punching the clock and how that's going to help you over time. We'll talk about genetics and how they play a role in athletics. We'll also talk about his entrepreneurial side, the books that he's written, the speaking engagements that he does, and everything that he does for his business side of things um, to help the younger generation of athletes because he has a lot of knowledge and he wants to share that. Uh, it's such a great episode and I'm so grateful for his willingness to join us. So again, if you are here watching it on YouTube or if you're listening to it on the audio side, hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're on so that we can keep coming to you with more episodes. But I'd love for you guys to engage with the content. Let us know. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, do that. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what kind of guests we need to have on. If you have a recommendation for a guest, a former athlete or any kind of uh, current athlete or any sports figure, please hit me up. I'm always down to get the knowledge from them to, to share on my platform because that's how we reach more and more people. So anyway, I'm excited for this one. I'm stoked. I'm jacked. This is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Boo! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, and uh, for those who are new to the show, welcome aboard. I'm excited to have everybody here. I say that every week, but I really am. I appreciate everybody who's tuned in. Um, as you guys who have followed me might know, one of my biggest initiatives in 2024 is to kind of up the YouTube side. So, you know, I always have like some sort of call to action for any of the listeners that jump onto the podcast um, in every episode. And so this one, I'll just ask you guys just a, a small sign of support is just to hit that follow button on YouTube. If you guys wouldn't mind going over to YouTube and hitting subscribe, it's free to do so. It just, that's a really small way of showing some support. And I really appreciate it if you could, because I'm just trying to build that platform out so that our guests can have even more of a reach. As those who have followed me know, the audio side of the podcast has been downloaded in 182 countries in all 50 states over the last seven years. But the YouTube side is where we're really trying to build it out so they can actually see the the listeners, sorry, to see the guests that are on the show. So I want them to be able to see the visual side of it, not just hear the audio side. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Check it out. Now, as you guys heard in the introduction, very special interview. Now, I am like, there's a it, social media is a double-edged sword for me. Social media is a double-edged sword. It's, it's very hard sometimes. It's annoying sometimes. But I will tell you, I have met some amazing people through social media. And I've, I really enjoy some of the content that some of these, uh, these business owners produce. And the same goes for our guest today. So joining me is a man I actually saw on TikTok first. And then I started following his content. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, I love what he's doing. That's why I wanted to invite him onto the show. He was, you know, awesome enough to join me. His name is Nate Daniels. He's the owner of Daniel Sports Performance, Next Level Athletes. He's a former professional football player. He's an entrepreneur, an author. He has it all. Like he's the jack of all trades and he's going to share some of his knowledge and his insight with us today. And I hope that you guys can, you know, take some, 
some value. So like I always say, get your notepads out, whether you're on your phone watching this or listening to it, whatever it is, take notes because this is what we have them for. So joining the show, Nate Daniels. Nate, thanks for joining us, man. Man, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to uh, talk with you guys today and talk with you, man. I just appreciate you having me be here. Oh, dude, absolutely, brother. You know, uh, Nate, one of the things that stood out to me on your social media content was the first video that I had seen. It popped up on my For You page. Um, and it was it, it was you talking about like what it's going to take to compete at the highest level. So I coach club basketball, okay? So and I coach typically the seniors in high school and sometimes the unsigned seniors. We go into the spring season and they're trying to get offers to play basketball. And what's funny, Nate, is I shouldn't say it's funny, but it's just ironic because it like hit me because what you were talking about like that's a lot of your content is talking about like what it takes to compete at a, at the highest level, what you're going to have to do, not only physically, but mentally. And what I see a lot of my athletes, Nate, is um, they're from Idaho and they all think they're D1 players. Right. And then not only do they have a reality check once we go to some of these tournaments, they're going to be like junior colleges now are getting more and more talented just with the, the rules and everything. So to even think about the professional side of things, becomes an even further dream once they start seeing the reality of it. And sometimes the unfortunate reality for me as a coach is that like some of those guys, they might be too late to the game. So they think, right. Cause they're like, Oh man, I should have been putting in this work a long time ago, mentally and physically, you know? And so question for you, like before you even got to this point where you had all this knowledge, it's not like you just showed up there, Nate, like where you're like, Oh yeah, I know all these things. You've actually been there. Like you've been right. through, we'll call it the ringer. Like you've been through the right. ringer, you've been through the system. So could you give us a little bit of a background of your playing career? Cause you yourself were quite the athlete in the sport of football, but I just want to kind of talk about your playing career first. So our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So my um, passion for sports started at a very young age. Uh, I had spent a lot of my younger years in, in Europe because my, my father was in the army. So uh, sports was an awesome way for me to find commonality as I moved from school to school and area to area. Uh, so we were in Germany and in different parts of Europe. And uh, and so I, I got a passion for sports. I started playing soccer and basketball at a very, very young age. And when we moved uh, stateside, I'd actually hadn't played American football, to be honest with you, and didn't pick up American football till I was 12 years old. I played everything else, um, but started playing then. Um, I saw that 85 Bears, that uh, famous uh, great defense, and with Walter Payton and those guys, and sweetness on the offensive side, and I fell in love with it. So I took um, you know, all my physical attributes, the speed and quickness, and all the things that I, I used in my other sports and applied it to American football, and uh, was a multi-sport athlete going through high school. I picked up a um, uh, baseball as well, and then played basketball at the high school level at Fairfax. Um, Experienced most of my success uh, or the majority of my success in football was, you know, was blue chip, honorable mention, all American and and a bunch of other different honors. And uh, went from there uh, to to play uh, college football was originally going to play two sports, uh, but ended up playing college football and, and had some uh, great experiences at that level and was blessed and to be successful at that level as well. Um, at Ferrum College. And um, from there, went on to um, have some opportunities, uh, NFL rookie mini camp with the Baltimore Ravens and um, got injured and found a home in the Arena Football League, which is professional indoor football for those who have not uh, seen that, that game. Um, and I was blessed, man. I had a, a lot of success along the way, uh, but I had a lot of people along the way that that helped me uh, develop my game and also provide the mental attributes that I needed to be successful at each level uh, that I kind of uh, uh, ascended to. 
so that's just a little background about uh, some of the places I've been. And uh, now, uh, you know, I, uh, again, get an opportunity to provide that knowledge to those that need it and help young athletes chase their dreams. Man, that's super cool. One of the things that stands out to me is like, and I'm sure I, I, I'm assuming, but I, I guess I should ask to confirm, not assume, but like being a, a child in, in the military, um, I'm sure there was some example there from your father, just as far as discipline and just hard work ethic. Um, mm -hmm. Because it sounds like if you got a, a late start to your football, American football career, I should say, that's relatively speaking, I should say, but some kids, you know, they're starting at like five years old now playing flag Ooh. football right here, right? But 12 years old seems later to the game, but I know that sounds crazy to some people, but like back then it is kind of like, it's, it's just, especially to be able to compete at the highest level, but just right. the discipline. Did you, did you feel like your dad um, instilled those, those uh, attributes for you? Like as far as like discipline and work ethic um, throughout the life, like that you lived living overseas and then coming back over here and everything. Yeah. And my dad, it, it's funny because some of the best leaders just lead by example. You know, it's not something that they go out of their way, but they show you the way better than they can even tell you the way and watching my dad you know lay out his uniform shine his shoes starch his uniform the preparation that he took how he went to work every day uh his discipline and how important it, it going to work every day and doing a great job all rubbed off on me uh and yes anybody who's grown up with a military uh father or mother definitely see the discipline that they have to go to work with and bring to everything that they do and they they definitely try to carry everything they do out uh at the highest level possible uh so yeah i definitely uh got things from my dad as far as discipline hard work and and definitely determination uh, and i i brought that into my athletic career without a doubt heck yeah man and you mentioned multiple sports, you know, you were thinking about playing two sports college, that whole thing. Can you tell like just your own insight on being a multi-sport athlete and how one sport transfers over to the other, as far as like that's concerned right now, it seems like in today's era, a lot of kids are getting siloed into one because they got to specialize yeah. at an earlier age with club yeah. athletics. There's a downside and a, a positive to each one of those things, but just your own thoughts on being a multi-sport athlete growing up through high school and whatnot, and how it might've either helped you or maybe held you back. I don't know. I would just like your, your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. And oftentimes people are shocked when I say how late I came to American football, because um, a lot of guys start um, at, at the five-year-old, six-year-old age. Um, but I'm an advocate for multi-sport athletes. I think that the advantages far outweigh any disadvantage that someone uh, could come with. Um, I know that um, for me, all of the skills that I learned in other sports were transferable to American football. Every sport has different physical attributes that are conducive for that sport, um, different skill sets that are needed in that sport. But what I try to encourage to all parents that have youth athletes is that your window for developing athleticism is a lot smaller than it is to develop skill. There's some even at the professional level that are great athletes that develop certain skills later on in their careers. Um, skills are as long as you are an athletic person and you have speed, agility, quickness, strength, coordination, you are able to learn skills, whatever your respective sport is. Now, obviously, every sport is different. And you can say, well, what about golf or volleyball or soccer? And you can put up whatever respective sports you are. But if you are a great athlete, you are more easily able to acquire whatever skill 
um, um, that's needed. I, I call it um, athletic pathways, meaning if I have all of these athletic attributes in my belt, right, and you only have a few, when we go play that sport, I have more motor skills and, and athletic pathways that are open that make me able to learn and adapt to that respective sport easier than you can because you've only played baseball or you've only played volleyball or golf or basketball where I have all of these athletic skill sets to pull from, you know, not to mention the intangibles that when I'm playing American football, when I go to the hole in basketball, you don't think I'm ready. You know, uh, if I'm in a shooting slump in basketball and I play baseball, you don't think I know what a slump is and how to fight through adversity when three out of 10 at bats consider you're a great player. So all of these mental intangibles make me more able to compete and be successful while I'm competing. Uh, and again, I could go on and on. We, I could talk for hours on this subject, but I'm an advocate for it in a, in a myriad of different reasons. But those are just a, a few. Man, that's no, those that's great example. So this is one of those things about my show that I, I want the listeners and the viewers to know is like rewind that, like pause it. The beautiful thing about a podcast, you can pause it, rewind it, listen again. You gave specific examples. Just that alone was brilliant. Um, from a shooting slump compared to a hitting slump, like going well, taking like baseball, transferring it over from the mental side of things and how to get out of a slump. Dude, right. that's huge. Like that's 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 the actual applicable. It's one thing to say. Oh yeah, they transfer, but then to give actual examples of how they transfer from one to the other, that's what I, I love hearing. So thank you for sharing that. I want people to know, like take, that's the stuff you should be taking notes on. If you're, if you're an, a parent or an athlete, take notes on what he just said right there and, uh, you know, share that with an athlete, share that with people. That's, that's the information. So the reason I do this podcast is to try to help educate people on, uh, the information that these experts like Nate are, are sharing. So, you know, you, you played, um, at a high level and you played in college. And I want to know from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, what was the biggest transition for you, Nate, when you went from high school athletics into the collegiate scene? Like what was the biggest transition? Was it the, the game itself or was it more like, Oh, I'm a student athlete. Now I have to do school and I have to be disciplined. Cause I've heard different opinions on it. I just want to know from your experience. Well, I guess I'll, I'll attack it from a couple different ways. First of all, athletically, um, Athletically, the two biggest things that stand out for me was that when anytime you move up a level, people are just bigger, stronger and faster um, at any level, whatever level that may be. As you move up um, where you might have been the fastest player, now there's a couple guys that are as fast as you or a lot of guys as fast as you. And you can take whatever physical attribute, strength, quickness and kind of apply that. So where you were in your position line with seven or eight other defensive backs in high school and you're like man i'm the fastest guy here now you're standing in line with a defensive back line with seven guys or eight guys and you're like wow there's like four guys just as fast as me and one guy's even faster and that's an adjustment um and depending on how talented you are you know that adjustment can be easier uh than others depending on how athletically gifted you are um, the second thing is is preparation uh, the preparation level for games and even practices is a whole different level as far as your accountability. Like they video practices and review practice film in high school. That just wasn't a thing. You went out there. You were probably the best athlete out there. You just did your thing and you went home and did your homework where, you know, you for for college, you'll have pre uh, practice meetings. You'll review game film from uh, and, and, and um 
game plans for the next game. And you'll review practice film from the day before um, with your position coach. And then you meet as a defense and then you go over. And this is an hour of stuff before you even take in the practice field. Um, so the preparation, um, you know, you have you have tests on, on your audibles and checks. And it's just all this stuff was not a, a thing in high school, you know. Um, so those are the two main things as far as the athletic front, the, 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 the speed and strength of the athletes, the quality of athlete, and then the, the mental preparation. And then you talk about the academic side or slash we'll even talk about social side. Um, the, let's talk about the social side first is when you're an athlete, there is a higher level of accountability for your actions than a regular student, but still you're not under mommy and daddy's roof, it, roof anymore. You've got to manage yourself when you sleep, when you get up, um, you know, how you eat and all these things. Um, and when you go out, you've got to manage all that stuff and balance it and make sure that you're putting yourself in the best situation to be successful as an athlete. Because you've seen so many athletes, I'm sure, go to college and mismanage the social aspect. And it's gotten them in a lot of trouble, which just have, has affected their athletics. Um, and then, of course, you've got to manage the academic side. Uh, you know, the academics is always going to be more challenging at the collegiate level, especially depending on your focus or your major. Um, and as a student athlete, you've got to juggle all these things. And you and how you manage those things and how you juggle, juggle them will definitely ultimately dictate how successful you are at college as an athlete and, you know, and as a student. Man, there's so much. So my my goal with that question was not to scare these like perspective, like collegiate athletes that are going to be going right. into college and stuff. It's not to scare. It's just rather to educate and let them understand the expectations of all of those things. And so I feel like if you prepare properly, you won't be surprised. But those who don't, especially like even on the academic side, I mean, dude, I can't even tell you when I was 18. Well, I was 17 when I was a freshman in college for like a couple of weeks. But when I was 18, basically my freshman year in college, um, Dude, I was just like my my athletics career was kind of done in regards to like what I was going to do for like the main sports. But I was actually a boxer. And at Boise oh. State, we had a boxing club. There was only 22 colleges or 27 colleges that were actually NCAA certified or whatever. So most of the schools we fought were club sports for for boxing anyway. But like yeah. it, we only had practice three nights a week and it was in the, it was in the evenings right. at like 430. And so it wasn't like a real. But even then, man, I was like I was going to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'd go to practice which is completely off campus by the way it was like you know two or three miles off campus just drive over there and right. i just remember thinking if i was like an athlete like a football player at the school which boise state at that time that was during the heyday and they were starting to kind of be on a rise and yeah and i remember I like there's no way dude like the ac academic requirements and all this stuff and i'm like i was struggling with school and it was just because i wasn't even prepared so nate what you just said right there is great because i want athletes to know like you know, academics, it's a, it's hard. Like the demand, it's kind of cool. Cause there's more freedom from an academic standpoint. You get, the classes are like not every day, but every other day, sometimes it depends on the school and what you're doing. But at the same time, it requires discipline to be able to do your homework and do all the stuff. And like, it can get pretty strenuous, especially during finals times. And that on top of athletics, it's, it's a, a big deal. So make sure you're preparing is basically what I'm saying. Listen to what Nate just said and prepare. And cause I, I remember my feeling of like, Holy cow, I was not ready. And I'm not even close to being like an, an actual athlete like you guys were. So Right. Um, you mentioned having some time with the Ravens mini camp, you know, and, and one thing I wanted to ask you there is kind of in regards to the physical thing. I mentioned this on a podcast that I had with Kamale Correa, who um, played in the NFL a little bit. And, you know, mm -hmm. Kamale had mentioned um, the speed of the game. I have a friend of mine who played at a very small school here in Idaho called Idaho State University, it's mm -hmm. the Idaho State Bengals. And right. um, 
he was a safety and they were terrible, but he was a really good athlete. So he got an, an invite to go to, I think it was the chargers mini camp back when they were in San Diego. Right. And he specifically told me, Nate, like, I remember him talking to me at the gym. He's like, dude, these are linemen. Like we had linemen out there that are like six foot five, 350 pounds pulling like around. And he's like, and I'm out there. Oh dude. They, and he said, they shouldn't be running that fast. Like he's like, those guys, and they're not even, those are dudes who are trying to make a squad tour, just get onto a camp. Like, you yeah. know, like they're not even like the dudes that are in the league, you know? Yeah. And so I just always remembered that. And I remember talking to Kamala about it. I'm just curious, like when you went to the mini camp, you mentioned an injury, but did you notice anything as at the professional level, like any difference in speed and, and athleticism there? Or were you kind of like, did you feel like you were pretty much right there with the rest of the crew? Yeah. So everything <laughs> uh, your friend said, I co-sign and anybody who's been around it will co-sign. It is unbelievable. The athleticism of everyone there, but not so much the skill guys, uh, you know, receivers, DBs, everybody can run a little bit. There's levels to it. Everybody's not cheetah, but you know, there's levels to it. Don't get me wrong, but it's how big these first level guys and fast. These first level guys are like offensive and defensive linemen, linebackers, these guys that are 6'3", 250, and just flying around the field. It's unbelievable to see the agility, the speed, um, and the athleticism of some of these big guys. Again, the receivers and the running backs, you you know that those guys can run and they're quick. But yeah, so I co-signed that. Um, for me, I was a, a good size and, and strength. I was you know six foot, 200 pounds. I ran well. I was not a burner. I was not a 4-3 guy or a low 4-4 guy. I was a high 4-4, low 4-5 guy, like 4-4, 8-4-5 flat guy. So I was what I call average athleticism. Again, this is relative to elite athletes. It's not average relative to regular Joes. Um, but so I, I feel like I met the requirements of, of athleticism. But yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, and fans... They have no idea. I mean, they think that they know, but they, unless you're around it, you, you just don't understand how the quality of athletes. And I'm not just talking about the LeBron Jameses or the Odell Beckhams. I'm just talking about the guy that you've never heard of that's just trying to make a roster. And you're like, wow, you're not, man, that's amazing. How could you not catch on? Um, but there's more to the business of sports than just how big, strong and fast you are. Man, I'm so glad you said that. I, I, it's four, four, eight, and we're thinking that's slow. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I encourage anybody, myself included, to try to run a, anything under a five, five of a 40 yard dash without pulling your hamstring and ripping it off the bone. Like, yeah. I promise you, the average human being can't even run a six second 40. Like, dead serious, dude. Like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's insane, dude. Like, that, that's not considered elite speed, but it's still like, that's just. That's wild right. to me how fast and, and strong you guys are. Um, and to that point, last year I was coaching at a tournament in Arizona, Nate, uh, basketball this is, but mm -hmm. there was the junior college showcase and a couple of my players wanted to go watch it. It was in the same facility that we were playing in. And these are all my players that are on the top circuit and in, in the West Coast elite circuit. And we're over there watching this junior college showcase. And a lot of the junior college showcase guys were from the, the show last chance you. And so they oh, yeah. were in there playing and stuff. And so a lot of those guys are D one bounce backs and stuff like that. And they're in their, you know, they're 20, 21 years old. So they're a little bit, but the physicality, the speed and everything. And those are junior college players. Have you like, that's what I was, the, the court shrunk, 
right? The mm-hmm. court was shrinking because like of how big and athletic they, how fast they moved, the spacing on the floor. Like the court looked smaller because of how big and strong and fast they were. And that's when I told my players, I'm like, those are junior college players. Yes, I understand they're higher level junior college players, but those are still that's a junior college athlete right there. Like absolutely, that's that's the difference. There's levels to the game. <laughs> There's definitely levels to everything. It is that is that is one of my favorite sayings. I say it often. There's levels to everything. Oh, but man, so with so that's a great segue to this question tonight because with there being levels and you knowing because like you played in the arena league like you played arena football which is also very fast like even it does, fast. there's different levels to arena football too you got the like the indoor leagues that are you know startup leagues it's a very hard business to like keep running because yeah. it's low budget but like there's mm-hmm. arena football league there's the nal now there's a lot of different leagues but there's some athletes out there it's a fast game like it's a fast game and it puts the defense at a disadvantage naturally it's a offensive game basically so if you're on defense it's even harder but like playing at those levels and being around it your whole life, Nate, like talking about the levels to the game, when you realize that though, like I, I don't want to scare athletes. How do you go about teaching the athletes that you talk to and that you coach from a mental side of things specifically of like, yeah, you might be like two levels behind what they're at, but how can we get there? Like, what are some applicable steps to try to help your athletes get there mentally to understand like what it's going to take to actually get there? Or I guess my other question to that is like, is there a reality that has to be set in and say, Hey, that's not your level. Let's get you on par with where you're at. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily what you want to do, but I want to ask the honest question. Right. And that's a great question. And obviously every athlete uh, has different dreams and aspirations with their sport. And every athlete's a case by case basis about what their athletic ability and what their high end potential is. Uh, but the main thing that I focus on, especially as a, a strength and conditioning coach or a sports performance coach or a mental performance coach, is that we are trying to maximize our own athletic ability, our own uh, mental potential. And wherever that leads us, that leads us. Right. Um, I try not to get as focused on other guys and what other guys are doing. But I also am a, a guy that believes in the truth. Right. And I'm a firm believer in if I'm your coach and I'm telling you the facts or the truth. And I talk about this a lot on my social media platforms. If I'm giving you the truth and I say, hey, all right, buddy. And I was kind of in this situation when I went to, you know, for basketball as well. All right. You're 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 a great player, but you're a six foot guard. But, you know, the average NBA player is six, six. That's average. You know, there's six, nine guys that can do what you can do. And so. If I'm a power five recruiter, right, or I'm a a pro scout, I'm sorry, you're six foot. I've got six, nine guys that can shoot it from deep, that can handle the ball, but but they're longer, taller, more athletic than you are. You know, if, you know, you want to be a uh, baseball player in the average base pitcher in the MLB is six, two. There's a reason why they're six, two, and it has to do with physics. You know, they can usually, the taller and longer your limbs are, you can generate more velocity. Now, there's always exceptions to every rule. They'll say Altuve for all, you know, uh, a baseball player that's 5'7", or they'll say, well, Messi was 5'6". They'll always bring up outliers. Right. But what people have to understand, when you bring up an outlier, you further reinforce the rule that they're outliers for a reason. So I believe in honesty with guys, and I believe in staying focused on our path in making sure that you're doing everything that you can control. Your nutrition is good. Your strength speed is being worked on. Your, your, your technical and fundamental skills are being worked on and developed. And ultimately, wherever that lands you, that will land you. 
Um, and, and that's what I try to, you know, basically reiterate to my, my athletes and to anyone that's pursuing the dream. That that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's super, super cool that you do that for your athletes because, um, I'm sitting here taking notes, by the way, when you're talking, I'm like, I have my phone down here. I'm taking notes on my notepad, but I'm like, dude, it's, uh, those are golden nuggets. I mean, you got to understand where you're at. Um, one time I had a guy named Sean Oakman join my show. He used to play for Baylor defensive lineman. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, you got to quite the story that a lot of memes were made about that dude, big dude, but he had mentioned something about (laughs) the size too. He's like, you six footers, regardless of what sport, there's a million of y'all, you know, like, yeah. he's like, so how are you going to separate yourself kind of thing? He's like, I'm, I'm blessed. Cause he's, he's a big dude, you know? And so, you know, if he's big and athletic, it's a different situation, but how are you going to separate yourself? And then if not, like, what's your reality now set into your reality? Like he, he said something similar about the size and you know, it's true. Like there's a lot of us, I'm six, two, 225, 235. Like that's just kind of how yeah. we are. Like we're just little guys, you know, in the grand scheme of yeah. things. So yeah. it is what it is. So Here's the other thing um, from a sports performance perspective. Okay. So you're talking about like both mentally and physically you, you do it all when you, as a, as a coach yourself, mm-hmm. one of the things I've noticed from athletes is sometimes they're late bloomers in the sense of athleticism. I was actually one of them, but it was, I wouldn't consider myself a late bloomer. It was just because I graduated when I was 17 years old. I was yeah. pretty young. There's a lot of kids that are like 18, 19 graduating high school now because parents hold them back. Yeah. And, uh, I, I didn't like hit my spurt of athleticism till I was 18, but I was already a year out of high school then. And that's when I started like really, you know, popping. But, um, I guess my question is for those kids that like, you can train them on athleticism, you can train them to be strong and whatnot, but like, is there just a genetic factor there? Some of them are late bloomers. Like, how do you go about training these athletes and getting them to trust the process in the gym, knowing that one day their body will start to kind of grow at some point, but like everyone's going to grow at a different time. They see these kids in high school that are 16, 17, just hitting their spurt then. And then they're like, dude, and they feel like their time's running out because they might not hit it till they're 18. And they're out of high school. I guess my question is like, how do you get them to trust the process and keep showing up? Kind of like you said, your dad show up, like he showed up every day. Like he did his, his, you know, the, the, the uniform, the shoes, the stuff that you show up every day to work. How do you get them to continue to show up if they're not quite hitting that spurt yet? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. So as far as let's talk about genetics, first of all, you know, um, and then talk about, uh, I guess, like basically like puberty or, or development. So genetics are real. I know people, it's hard for people to understand that sometimes. And and they think that um, uh, sometimes I blame Disney World for this. You know, if you wish upon a star <laughs> and just want it bad enough. Um, and I wish that was the case. There'd be a lot more fulfilled dreams out there. Um, although hard work is a big, huge component of it, the, the genetic lottery is real. You know, uh, everybody's not going to be 6'10 running like a deer, like the Greek freak. <laughs> it's just not in your genetic cards. You know, um, I could train it as hard as I want. I'm never going to jump 48 inches like Michael Jordan did. It's genetic potential. I'll never be able to outrun Usain Bolt, even if I want it as much as I possibly can. And I work as hard as I possibly can. And that's because they have a genetic predisposition or athletic potential that I do not possess. But that's okay. Um, And I'm using these goats as examples just because everyone knows their name. Obviously, all athletes are not the goat of their sports. But it's just an example that no matter how hard you work, some people are genetically gifted. You can't teach six, seven, you know. Um, So that's first and foremost. And to know that that's okay. We work as hard as we can with what we have. Now, as far as adolescent development, 
everyone does not hit puberty at the same time. You know, um, you know, there's some kids, uh, one of the best youth players I've ever played with. I mean, completely dominating in every sport where we played and we were youth. At the high school level, our senior year, he wasn't even starting on the football team. And he, he wasn't even uh, didn't even make the varsity basketball team. Um, and then you have stories, vice versa, guys that were getting cut from AAU travel teams and middle school and end up starting at the varsity level and then going up to the college level and sometimes even beyond. You, you've heard all different types of stories with with um, Shaquille O'Neal said he got cut. Michael Jordan got cut. You know, these all time great players, but they hadn't hit their either growth spurt yet or, or haven't developed fully yet. So the main thing is, again, you show up every day and you work as hard as you can. You'll be surprised on how much you can accomplish by just punching the clock. Most people can't do it. They're, they're outcome based. Things are going my way. So I'll show up. Oh, things aren't going my way. I want to quit or I want to transfer. I want to there. You know, they can't handle the rigors of just showing up, putting your hard hat on, punching the clock and going to work when adversity is there. So uh, I encourage them to do that from my standpoint. A lot of that, though, is at home. It's going to be the reinforcement uh, at home from the parents or whoever is around them, aunts, uncles, whoever's bringing them up to reinforce the the, the, the importance of, of and how we handle adversity and how we dedicate ourselves and how patient we are with that and to not be outcome based. Meaning that if things are going my way, I'm happy about it and I'm cool. If things aren't going my way, then I'm not. Um, and I, I try to reinforce that. And a, a lot of kids are receptive to it and they understand it. Um, but some kids, depending on their upbringing and what's being talked about at home, are not as receptive to it. Yeah, man. But that right there is just a golden nugget, what you just said. Like, you'd be amazed at what you can do just punching the clock, just show up good or bad, indifferent, whatever, like just show up and keep putting in the work and just try dude, it's easier said than done. Obviously we've all been there. Yes, whether that's in sports or life. It's sometimes life will hit you in a variety of ways. Right. But that's what, and that's, and I'll get to this at the end of the interview, but like, that's just one of those life lessons that sports can teach you is to how to show up like mm -hmm. during this type of stuff to accomplish a goal. And you are a prime example of just consistently showing up and then taking sports into your regular life for business and entrepreneurship and everything. Um, so th th I, I want to ask that in a, in a minute too. These are such golden nuggets, dude. I just, I can't explain. I, I want everyone to be taking notes, man. Like it's just awesome. Um, yeah, dude. So cool. So I have a couple guys that I've coached before that, mm -hmm. um, they've, they have specifically mentioned one of them mentioned how like, and, and, and this person's parent told me like he, he struggles to like calm his mind down in a game. Like his, his mind starts racing. Like the athleticism's there. The practice time has been in there. He puts the time in, in the gym. Um, he's doing work to try to work on his mental side, but like he isn't a starter on his team. He's a backup, but when he gets in the game, so like, that's a whole nother story too. When you're a role player, you know, trying compared to practices where you're getting a lot of reps and then you come off the bench, you know, cold, so mm -hmm. to speak. And then you have to be able to produce within the, the two minutes that you're out there. Then you get pulled again. And then you're, you're sitting on the bench for another couple of minutes and then you come back out for two minute spurts, how to play at an elite speed that you've been training at, but then keep your mind to slow it down too. Do you have any, uh, like that's just, that's one example I wanted to ask you about because I know that he's not the only one that has struggled with that. Um, just getting, being able to come out there prepared, you're playing, you're running physically, you're playing at, a, at an elite speed, 
but how do you get your mind? You've been playing, you've played football at a very high level in the arena league. Like you mm -hmm. understand what it takes to like slow the mind down and, and be able to process information and compete at that level. Is there any insight on that by chance? Yeah. So the first thing is when I'm coaching guys that are um, non-starters, what I tell them is everyone is a starter in their role. Everyone is a star player in their role. Now, and what I mean by that is it's a paradigm shift. You know, it's 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 the way you look at it, because on a team, everyone has a part and a piece to play in our victory. Some are more prominent than others. Everyone's not going to be in basketball scoring 25 points a game. But that doesn't mean that your piece is any less important. You may be a primary defender on ball on an, on a, an elite perimeter player. That's your role. You don't think stopping that guy is just as important? It is, right? You don't think rebounding your position or being a great teammate and encouraging a player that's down, they're all important and they're all integral roles. And being on a team, everybody has a role to play. And whatever that role is, you're a star in it, you're a starter in it. So make sure that you understand that whatever your role is, Dominate your role and be a star in your role. That's first and foremost, because if you look at it truly in that manner, it changes everything. The, your intensity, your preparation, how you go about the practices and games, because you're not just thinking about a star from what the average fan would think. You're thinking about a star is in my role in this team to help us win in any way that I can and see fit. The second piece is if you're talking about somebody that feels like when they come in the game that they're not performing at that level. Normally it comes down to confidence. Um, obviously every situation is different, but confidence, if you're not performing at your level, it's normally some lack of confidence that your true expression of your gifts are not being displayed on the field or court. Um, so, you know, confidence comes, I build confidence in athletes normally in three ways. Again, all this is case by case basis, depending on the sport and all that stuff. But the first and foremost thing is knowledge base. You cannot be confident in something that you're not completely knowledgeable about. That means that you know your assignments, you know your checks, you have a command over your, your, your technical and fundamental aspects of your respective sports. Uh, you know uh, the game plan that, that, that you have for the specific team and what your role is in that game. Um, so, And you're also a student of your craft, meaning you're continuously gaining knowledge about what it is you do. I don't care what sport you play. You can fill in the blank with your sport, but you're a student of it. As that knowledge base grows, your confidence will follow. Um, so most kids these days are not students of the game. A lot of my athletes don't even watch games. They watch highlights on TikTok. They'll watch highlights on their ESPN feed. But that doesn't explain what's going on. You watching James Harden hit a step back from 30. That doesn't teach you how to play basketball. That doesn't increase your knowledge of how you move in spacing and create spacing off the ball and actions. You're just watching LeBron James dunk on somebody and scream into the camera. That doesn't improve your knowledge of the game. But they think that it does. They think they watch basketball or uh, or the respective sport. But watch the game. You know, study players that have been successful in your sport and the reasons they've been successful. Um, the second part of that is repetition. To build confidence, you have to build repetition. We get good at what we spend time doing. 
you can't go in the gym or go into the field and mess around for a couple of minutes and then leave. And you never get enough practice at reps, guys. You, you practice, you say it, oh, I'll practice today. You don't get enough reps during your team practice to, to constitute saying I got enough reps. What are you doing away from your team will define you as a player. You talk to any great athlete, what they did during their team practices was this much. You know, what they do away from their team practices is what made them great. Um, and the last piece is you got to find a way to be successful doing it, right? You can say you're confident and fake it. Yeah, I'm confident. But if you haven't done it and you haven't been successful doing it, the, the confidence is a facade, right? You got to find a way, whether it be in practices or training sessions, to be successful executing the skill, uh, scrimmages or doing it in games, whatever that is, you got to find some way to be successful, even if the success is little. But if you can have a great knowledge base, you'll be confident. If you put the reps in, you'll build confidence from there. And you've been successful doing it. Uh, you'll definitely uh, confidence will rise. And then when your moment comes, you'll be more apt, uh, ready to handle that moment when you do get in the game uh, to kind of perform at your level. Oh, man, that is gold right there. Those three things. And while you did say it has to be a case by case scenario, because every kid, every athlete is going to be different. But I do think you can uh, incorporate those three things pretty much to everybody. You just have to adjust yeah. a few things, how those look to everyone, what the reps actually mean. They're like, depending on their sport and what they're, you know, but those three things pretty much are universal. Um, and what you just said is brilliant. I love every one of those things. Like this morning, Nate, literally this morning I was doing a basketball workout. I still, I mean, I'm 35, but I still like to get my basketball workouts in with some of my guys. And, you know, I'm getting up two, 300 shots and I'm like, talking to my players that I coach, I'm like, when have you gotten 200, 200 or 300 shots up outside of your practice? You're getting probably maybe 20 to 30 shots up at practice, maybe. And right. maybe 50 if your coach allows you guys to get a lot of shots up. But like you're doing, you're, you should be doing team stuff. You should be playing sets. You should doing all do all these things, your defensive sets, everything, game planning. But like you just said, like I'm a big advocate of like, dude, go get an hour in the gym with a shooting partner and go get some shots up, get some reps up so that when you get the ball in the game, even if you only shoot two or three times a game, at least you're confident when you're shooting it because you feel comfortable right. doing it because you've been doing yes. it over and over and over. I love that you just said all that stuff, man. That is that is brilliant. Um, before I get to the very last part of my, like, I want to talk more about your entrepreneurial side too, like just because we've been talking about this and um, not only your sports performance and mental performance from like the businesses that you're running there, but also like being an author and all that stuff. I want to touch base on the books you've written and, and kind of see that. But I want to ask you from your playing days, is there a, there, there's two questions. The first one I'll just ask right now. Is there a favorite memory you had, a favorite game or anything of that nature that stands out to you, whether it be in the arena league or in college or high school athletics uh, that you would be willing to share with us? Man, there's so many uh, great moments on and off the field. Um, one of the best ones was uh, back in high school. Uh, we, uh, Football wise, we we had some man, so many great moments in all sports. But uh, football wise, we was part of our school's first regional football championship, um, and um, and state playoff berth. Um, that was awesome. Anytime you can be a part of a team or do something that has never been done before, um, how excited the the program was and the school was for us, and how excited the city was for us with the parade and everything, uh, winning that championship and going to states. Um, was an awesome memory for me um, being a part of that and really got me uh, in a point where I, I saw how much winning impacts people and how much 
uh, community can uh, rally around sports. As a young guy, I was like, wow, man, the mayor's here and the, the, the principals are here. We're in a parade going down. And I just saw how cool that was and, and truly how um, impactful sports were on a community. I, I thought that that was cool. And that was definitely one of the better memories um, could have. Um, another one is you getting inducted to my you know high school hall of fame and my college hall of fame are always great memories because when you're playing you don't you don't think about any of that uh but to to have a school or college say you're one of the best that's ever been through here and we think enough of you to induct you to that obviously for any athlete that's been inducted to any type of hall of fame that that's got to be one of their better memories and kind of validation that, you know, everything that you did and uh, was appreciated and all the work that you put in was worth it. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm nominated for a couple other hall of fames too, that hopefully I'll be inducted to in the next couple of years here too. So th those are great memories that, uh, and great uh, uh, things that pop out to my mind as well. Man, I bet that's, I bet that feels amazing to be in the hall of fame of anything is yeah. insane. Like people don't realize that that's right. insane. That means you put in the work, you consistently showed up like you did the things that you're teaching other athletes to do now. That's why I have you on the show. Like, I just want to reiterate the fact that like you did the thing and now you are teaching the thing. It's not like right. you just showed up there and it, like, no, you've done the thing you've been through. Like I said earlier, the ringer, like you've been through yeah. the ringer, like you've, you've, you know, you did the thing. And that's what I, I love here. That's so cool, man. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but congrats on that. Like Thank being you. in the hall. That's so cool. And there's more to come. Like you just said, most likely going to be more to come. And yeah. that's so dope, dude. It's just a testament of your hard work ethic and just putting in, putting in the work, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, one question I do have for you to go along with that. This is the second part of it mm -hmm. is I want to, I want to kind of gear this towards the athletes that are listening to this, but do you have Nate, an athlete, like a teammate that you played with at some level that stands out to you for, being a good teammate and what was the attribute that they brought that was like a good example to you? Cause I want to share that with the other athletes that are listening to the show. Yeah, man. So I've had a lot of great teammates over the years. Um, the, one of the guys that stands out to me, man, uh, wasn't even that great of a player. And when I say that great of a player, that's relative. I mean, he was in college. He was a good player. But when I say great of a player, he wasn't a star on our team by any means, or he wasn't an all-conference player or an all-American all or anything like that. Um, but the positivity that he brought was infectious. And when I say infectious, it means the energy that he brought to practice every day and the positivity that he brought every day. And he was in my uh, room as far as in my position room. Um, it made me want to practice hard. It made me want to show up every day because I, I was one of the better players. You know, I was a conference, you know, all conference player and an all state player and all that stuff and all American type player. Um, but when I saw the energy that he brought and when we were in the weight room, how he was getting after it, I was like, man, let's go. You know what I mean? If this guy's bringing it like that and he's encouraging me every time I come to the sideline, get me up, then, you know, that's what I need to do. And, um, so, um, that guy that, that it comes to mind, it was one of my better teammates, but because it's that he came every day with a positive attitude, ready to work, man. Um, and I saw that and, and I, I knew that's what I needed to do as well. Man, I love that. I, uh, I have one player in particular that I know that like playing locally here in sports that, you know, he's not the most athletic kid, but he knows what his role was. And that's to bring the energy and the positivity yeah, all the time. He's exactly. literally one of the, yeah, th that can have an impact. So I want 
I really just want people to hear that again. So if they, if you could please rewind that, because what Nate just said, it had an impact on you when you were one of the better players. Like it does have an impact when you come there with a good attitude, you put in the work, even if you're not the best player, come and do the thing. It can have a massive impact. Nate just shared it here. This is one of those things that can stick with you for a long time, you know? So that right there is gold. Thank you. Um, so the entrepreneurial side of stuff, man. So you're an author, you've written some books, man. So like, can you talk about that a little bit? Like with the books that you've written and where we can find those by the way, and what they're about so that we can like, I want to share that the links here in the description as well so that people can go and buy them if they're available. But like, just, just talk about the books that you've written and like how you even came about writing a book. Like this is the stuff that's really cool to me. This is the entrepreneurial side. So yeah. talk about the books. Absolutely. Well, I, I love storytelling first and foremost. You know, I love storytelling. My mother, we talked about my father as, as far as being in the military, um, but my mother was an educator. So she was a teacher. Um, she actually taught me in first grade in Germany. Um, and, uh, and she's an educator. So she used to, she was a vivacious reader. She used to read to us all the time growing up. So I fell in love with storytelling. Um, and I, I, I love it in every aspect of it. So I, I've always wanted to, to be a writer. Um, and I always wanted to impact young people and be able to inspire young people and pass along some of the lessons that I learned throughout my life. Some of the things that I, that helped me to be successful in different aspects and the things that I feel like that anyone who's successful in any walk of life, um, it would help them. And again, I know I use the paradigm of sports a lot in some of the entrepreneurial ventures that I do. But the main thing is, is that I'm trying to build strong and able young people, regardless of them being an athlete or not, uh, because they're going to be a former athlete a lot longer than they're going to be an athlete. Even if they go all the way to the pros, the average career expectancies, you can do your own research. Three years for football, four years for baseball, I believe it is. So even if you make it all the way, you're like I was 28 when I finished playing. I'm a young man in the grand scheme of, of, of life. You got to have a life after and things. So I, I wanted to become an author, children's book author, because I wanted to pass along those lessons and inspire young people. Uh, so I, I wrote my first children's book during the pandemic. I had some downtime because if everybody remembers, I know it seems like so long ago, but a couple of years back, man, everything was shut down. As a gym owner, our gym was shut down for several months. Um, and then even then we had to ramp up with stages, depending on your respective state and where you were, there was like stages. You could only have five people or one-on-one -on -one, then five people and 10 people. So I utilized that to kind of do some projects and writing was one of them. I wrote my first children's book. So you want to be a pro. Um, it's about an amazing young man named Devin that had big aspirations off the football field and, and, um, on the football field and off. Um, it shows the story of his dream to play professional football. Uh, it went to number one new release uh, for children's book on um, on Amazon. Um, and I, my second book was So You Want to Be a Hoop Star. It's about a, a young, vivacious um, a young athlete, student athlete named Bella. Uh, she's full of energy, is so passionate about the game. Her love for the game is infectious. Um, uh, that reached number one as well. And then my last one and most current one is, um, so you want to be a big leader about a young man named Anthony, uh, and his journey on and off the field, uh, playing as a baseball player. Um, this last one really dealt dives into some real life issues, 
showing how to overcome adversity and how to navigate that adversity to to chase your dreams and ultimately uh, come out on top. Uh, so you know you can find those on Amazon. So you want to be a pro. So you want to be a hoop star. So you want to be a big leaguer. You can either search the author's name, Nate Daniels, or search those titles. They're on Barnes and Nobles as well. You can go on my site, nate-daniels.com. Uh, I provide autograph copies on, on, on that site. Um, either one of those, you can do that. I also do, you know, um, signing events and, and speaking events where you can go to nate-daniels.com and, and book me to come in. They are professional speaking events, but I speak all over the country uh, different uh, of, in different events with organizations to, to do that. That is awesome. I'm going to put the link here and just from my entrepreneurial side, I'll just say this. Um, I I'll put the links to all like to the Amazon links, but also to, to your website. Um, I would encourage people to go to Nate's website to purchase it just from that side, just from my entrepreneurial side. Um, if you can, obviously I understand Amazon's the most convenient, uh, but if you're a business owner, you know, Amazon takes their share and that's great, whatever, but Absolutely. it gets a lot of, get a lot of traffic. <laughs> they get their traffic there and that there's benefits to it too. But, um, maybe consider checking out uh, Nate's website. I'll be doing it myself too. Cause I got my kiddos that are probably going to want a copy of each of those. So I'm going to, I'm probably going to buy a couple of them. Absolutely. I want a autograph too. So I'll be buying it here soon. You'll see. My Absolutely. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> that's dope, man. So Nate, you mentioned, you know, speaking engagements and stuff, and that's, that's kind of what I wanted to just wrap it up with and ask you, you know, like, is, do we go to your website to, if, if a, if a athletic team or uh, you mentioned youth groups and so forth, like, so if there's a faith organization, I'm assuming, is, is that kind of what you're looking at? Or is it youth groups in other areas? Like the people that you speak for, how can they get a hold of you to potentially see if they can't, you know, maybe sign you for a deal to go speak with them? Absolutely. So yeah, I speak with all different types of organizations, sports organizations, all different types of sports banquets. Uh, I go into schools at all levels. You know, I've even done convocations at colleges. Um, so I, I've done a variety of different things. I've done TEDx talks. Um, so um, uh, speaking is a, a, a big part of my life uh, as far as spreading. I was always taught, my, again, my mother's an educator, so knowledge is meant to be, to be shared. That's what the purpose of knowledge. And I've had some great experiences through my life and great mentors and people that have been around me. So I enjoy sharing that. Um, so you can go to any one of my social media sites. I'm sure you'll share some of those possibly uh, to contact with direct messages, you know, just like we kind of connected um, or, or I try to do my best to answer those the best that I can. Or you can go to my website and reach out through there. I have a little question thing you can submit and I can get back to you at nate-daniels.com. Um, and I'll get back to you as timely as I can. And if you want to schedule an event, the kids, it's really awesome, uh, especially for young kids to, to have somebody come in um, that they can hear from. Uh, they hear from the teachers all the time, you know, but to hear from somebody that um, that is, is that can come in from the outside, especially I found with athletes, you know, they really get pumped up and they they really get a lot out of the message and everything. So I, I would love an opportunity if, if, if you guys want to reach out uh, to come to your school and talk to an organization. Heck yeah, dude. I'll be posting your, your social media stuff here. Like, like I said, at the very beginning of the interview and in the introduction, like that's how I connected with Nate. So I, I think he produces amazing content. Like I'm talking about you. I'm just saying he, when I'm talking about you right yeah. here, uh, but um, yeah, your content's awesome. And that's how I came in contact with you. Now I always feel bad. Like I'll, I want people to follow you, but like, I, I know that I connected through a DM, but sometimes when you're a busy, like business owner, like yourself, like DMS aren't necessarily always the best, but if you offered it, I'll, I'll let you kind of do your thing there. But like, yeah, connect with him either through social media or on the website, connect with him there. See if you, if you guys need to ask questions about potentially having him come over and, you know, 
working with you in a speaking engagement. I would encourage everybody to do that. I think that's awesome. And then the the last thing I'll say is, um, do you offer for your for like Daniel Sports Performance and Next Level Athletes? Is there um, any kind of online stuff, or is it specifically in person? And if it's in person, where is it located so that we can target this towards that audience? Yeah, so uh, Daniel Sports Performance, the sports training facility they have, is located in uh, Midlothian, Virginia, which is rich. I mean, like the outskirts or south of Richmond, Virginia, which is you know Richmond's the capital of Virginia. Um, so that work is in person there, but uh, people do reach out, and I design programs and things that I do online stuff. So just reach out through you know either the website DanielSportsPerformance.com or or through the Daniel Sports Performance. Um, um, social medias, and I can discuss or point you in the right direction of any of the, the training effects, physical aspects. As far as next level athletes, that's all the mental coaching, the intangibles, you know, when should my kids specialize or play multiple sports, all the other stuff, um, not just the physical component. You can reach out through next level athletes through the social medias there or on Instagram or on TikTok. Um, I've got the web, the web page, um, next level athletes as well just reach out through there with any questions or concerns and again i try to get back the big part of my day every day is trying to get back to people with different outreaches and all these different you know ventures and everything so i, I try to do my best and just uh to get back to everybody uh with whatever their inquiries are um with any questions that they have heck yeah i appreciate the breakdown on it man yeah. Nate, it's, it's been an honor chatting with you today. I just want to say thank you for joining the show and being willing to share your expertise. I'm, I'm going to be in contact with you afterwards as well, because I'm going to be getting myself some books. I'll be purchasing those. Um, and I encourage everybody else to do it. But again, I just want to say thanks because you have a very busy schedule and you took the time to join me. The dude, you didn't even know on a podcast. I'm all the way out here in Idaho, but I'm trying to get the word out to as many people as I possibly can. And I just appreciate that. Cause I, I don't, I don't like, I, I understand how busy you are. So like, I, yeah. I hope you, don't think I take it for granted because I don't, I don't take it for granted. I'm very honored and blessed to have you with me. So just one more time. Thank you for joining the show, man. Absolutely, man. It was my pleasure to be here. I'm glad you reached out and keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks brother. And uh, for all those who are listening, like I said, just hit that subscribe button or follow. If you're on YouTube, that'd be awesome as we're trying to build that out. And uh, just make sure you check it out because we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. I take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.